From the podcasting studio in the Reynolds School of Journalism, this is Residual Culture. A media mixtape. I'm Joey Lovato. And I'm Ben Birkenbein. And I'm Daniel Rothberg. And we have a guest. His name is Daniel Rothberg. (laughs) (laughs) How's it going, Daniel? It's going well. Good. Uh, And so Daniel is a co-worker of mine. Uh, You are the Northern Nevada reporter for the Nevada Independent. Yep. Yeah. How's that going? It's going well. I love my job. Good. It's, It's a fun, fun job. Get to go out in the world and talk to people. Yeah. Solid. And so Daniel's joining us today because uh, who, who developed this idea? Was it was it you or was it Joey? Did he ask you Daniel, about the idea? Daniel, I did. I called Joey yeah, you as did. I was leaving the Rayleigh's parking lot. Um, <laughs> as one does. As one does. I feel like whenever you call me, you're headed to or leaving Rayleigh's. <laughs> Possibly. I was really frustrated because the power was out at the Rayleigh's, so I oh. couldn't actually do my groceries. But I called Joey because last weekend I went camping and this whole like, conversation came up about Jim Carrey, and um, I had I recently rewatched like in December or something Eternal Sunshine. Mm-hmm. But then we were talking about Ace Ventura, and I love animals, so I like loved Ace Ventura when I was a kid, like loved Ace Ventura. Yeah. And then I was like, whoa, it's cool that he was like in Ace Ventura and Eternal Sunshine, like. And like all of these movies (laughs) that have kind of like stuck with me. So then I was like, Joey, we should talk about Jim Carrey. And Uh, now we're here talking about Jim Carrey. I think he makes a really interesting subject for discussion, especially on residual culture, because there are going to be things that have stuck with us. And, and, you know, and also he's still actively doing things. Right. But it's an interesting career arc to look at, especially because, like, like you said, there's these there's these different roles that he's had. Eras of Jim Carrey. He's sort of but he also was very like. um I'd say he he sort of I, mean, I don't know if he like defined an era of comedy, but there was like an era of comedy where Jim Carrey was just like king, right? Like all those movies, Ace Ventura, right? Um, the Mask, the also mask, really yeah. big. Yeah, yeah. Well, and the thing is, I I actually don't particularly like his comedy movies that much. It doesn't resonate with me as much as his drama dramatic movies. Yeah, I mean, like Eternal Sunshine, I think is like one of my favorite movies. Um, yeah, me too. Uh, actually, he has a new drama on HBO or Stars, and I watched the first episode of it a while ago um, called Kidding. Hmm. It's really good. It's He basically is playing like a Mr. Rogers character, like doing the show for kids, but he has like just like severe depression. And like it's all about like after the show, like how he kind of deals with it and like everything. It's really good. Hmm. So the first season is not good. And then it. Apparently. So I watched the first episode, and then I wasn't that into it. But then I watched like later on, and I was like, "This got very good. <laughs> what is this? I'm very interested." So, hmm. yeah, interesting. So, how do we want to proceed on the discussion? Do we do like historically? Do we each talk about like our memories of Jim Carrey or what? Yeah, I mean, I think we just talk about like what like your favorite Jim Carrey movie is, and like why it stuck with you, and then kind of like we can talk about his career arc as a whole too, and kind of the early movies and the later movies. But let's start with just like Daniel. Like, what's like what are the movies? Oh boy, that stick with you. Well, I mean, Ace Ventura, like, which yeah. is. Look, like Ace Ventura is not a good movie, you know? It's not like it's not like an Oscar-winning like drama like serious World War II movie. Like I get that. Mm-hmm. But I have to say it's probably one of my favorite movies and there's so many things in that movie that have just like stuck like glue in my memory. Like when he comes out um and does his like animal call behind his couch when he comes home at the end of the day and all the animals come out. I was like, that is what I want in my life when I'm older. <laughs> and the slinky scene. Well, how and how just, old like, were you the first time you saw it? Oh man, I probably saw it like right when, I was probably pretty young. Okay. 
Well, um, I think like that's what's important too. Like it resonated with like children. Yeah. And like, did it? Do you feel like it... I, I think there was something though about that character and the existence of that movie and that movie in general that was like, wow, this dude is such an oddball and so weird. But it's like it was kind of cool for me to like me as an awkward kid to just see that and be like, wow, that can exist. That's awesome. Yeah. I'm cool with that. I think that's important too. Yeah, I remember seeing this movie in the theater, and I think it just coincided with uh, that age where, like, you know, literally, like, butt humor was kind of like, <laughs> like, you know, a guy talking out of his butt or whatever. Well, like, like, that was like the oh, scene I where, he's about that. In, <laughs> where he's in the rhino, and then he crawls that's, out of the rhino's butt. That's oh an God. Ace Ventura, too. Oh, yeah, you're right, you're right, you're right. Yeah. Damn. I should have yeah. rewatched this. I feel like there's probably some stuff in there that I'm not, like, huge. I, that's, <laughs> like, the scene that really sticks with me is just him crawling out of a... And just, and just the physical comedy of the whole thing was well, like, yeah. it was just hilarious. And I remember, I think it was also in the first Ace Ventura where he gets in the shark tank. Yeah. And then he just gets like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Thrown around by the, the shark. And I just, I lost it. I was probably on the theater floor laughing because I just <laughs> yeah. thought it was hilarious. He is a very physical comic. And you know what's weird too is like, even in his serious movies, he does the physical humor still. Like, but yeah. it's just kind of like, instead of being funny, it's just awkward. And that's what the point of it. Yeah, I think. Oh, I just had a really random thought. Yeah, because I just uh, watched Ben's eyes. Like... It just it just happened. Like he saw it. He saw it happen. So I play Hearthstone a lot, which we've talked about on the podcast before. There's a card in Hearthstone called Finkel Einhorn. Oh, <laughs> Finkel and Einhorn. Einhorn is Finkel. Finkel is Einhorn. <laughs> you know, that's also from Ace Ventura. Yeah. So relevant to the discussion. Yes. Let the record show. <laughs> ben, ben, ben got really excited. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he she like he Jim Carrey. I feel like is great. And I watched Jim and Andy the other day, yeah, the documentary. a documentary about him doing the Andy Kaufman thing. And he talks about how difficult it was to like get get out of the character once he was in it and like how he really just like he kind of just like encapsulates this character and I, in in Man on the Moon. In Man on the Moon. Yeah. Um and like he leaves Jim for a little while and like becomes someone else. Um, and I think you can just see that with his movies, kind of like the the swings in the movies that he does. It's like he's going from character to character. Yeah, and they're all um, so distinct and weird. Yeah, yeah. And I remember the run-up to Man on the Moon as well, because I was working at a movie theater at the time. Mm-hmm. And so the movie came out uh, at that moment. Um, but in the run-up to that, like he would appear on shows and stuff, right, as Andy Kaufman as well. Oh, wow. And people were just kind of like weirded out by it because, yeah. I mean, it, on the one hand, that was sort of Andy Kaufman's humor as well. But then yeah. like Jim Carrey just got so into being Andy Kaufman that it was – that's basically – he would appear like on uh, late-night shows or yeah. even award shows potentially. Yeah, well, and he, he talks about like it kind of became like almost like a problem. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, and, I, and and we were talking about Ben and I were talking about this before the episode. It, the, is it the Kaminsky method, it, that method acting? Yeah, they refer to it as method, and I, yeah. I forget what method it is. Yeah, yeah. I don't Stravinsky Kaminsky, know what. Yeah. Like that. <laughs> this is something method. Yeah. I know, yeah. like Johnny Depp does is known for doing that too. And, yeah. Uh, the my left foot. What's it? Daniel Day Lewis. Daniel Day Lewis. Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, it's uh, so, some some act. Not no, it doesn't seem like that many, but the people that do do it. I find that the rest of Hollywood is always kind of like, what are you doing? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, like, chill out, yeah. man. <laughs> or, or if they, yeah, if they take it seriously. Yeah. Right? If they take the method seriously and actually appear in public or they interact with other people as that character, can be, people will be like, all right, it's, you know, yeah. it's, it's me. You know, yeah. like, it's, you don't have to do this. Yeah. 
So, yeah. so Ben, what is your favorite? So it's interesting because I, I I do like a lot of those movies as well. So Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind, obviously Truman Show is kind of interesting as well. But mine, and of course, not to just be contrarian, but I think the one that I probably go back to more often is um, The Majestic. Okay. Because it's no, a, I don't it's know a this deep, movie. It's a deep cut. Yeah. It's a deep cut. Um, but probably like 1999. And it was also semi-dramatic, but it's almost like... Um, it just focuses on um, this Hollywood screenwriter who gets into a car accident. Okay. That is Jim Carrey. And then he wakes up sort of with amnesia, like an am- amnesic kind of uh, tendencies. And he can't remember, you know, at least who he is, where he is. But then some people find him kind of washed up on the beach and they're convinced that it's this lost person from their community oh. who like disappeared. And they're like, Luke, you know, Luke, it's you. Right, like you don't remember who you are, but we're gonna take you back to our community, and this sounds like a plot to, for a horror movie. Try to get you to remember, right? But it it has yeah. heart, I guess, because it it focuses also like on the fast moving kind of Hollywood cultures, like screenwriter versus like small town America, and yeah. and it it has these interesting dichotomies in there, but it's got a lot of heart. And so the the it's called the Majestic because eventually they go back and they they open this theater. They want to reopen the Majestic Theater. Um, but that's just at the core of the movie. And I, I don't want to turn this into a majestic podcast, but there's all these other like contextual things that um, from history that are at play in there. Most notably is the um, the House on American Activities Committee investigations into mm-hmm. the Hollywood screenwriters who were supposedly part of a communist, communist plot. Yeah. And yeah. so he's one of the writers being investigated. So oh, wow. they think he's oh, wow. defected. I feel like I've seen this, but I can't. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. So they so the FBI thinks that this screenwriter defected because he was you know a communist and so he he's back in the Soviet Union and really he's like hanging out in this you know, community and they're convinced he's just manipulating this local town. So anyways, it gets, it, it, there's all this other stuff and he actually testifies before Congress and it's a really interesting movie. Well, and your dad was a screenwriter. My dad was a screenwriter. Yeah. Yeah. That's, I don't know. I don't know if that's like, (laughs) (laughs) just drawing connections. My dad was a screenwriter. (laughs) Called before McCarthy. um, And he loved movies. Um, He, you know, I mean, it's really difficult to be a screenwriter, like in actuality. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and he had—he was lucky; he had a couple things made, but he usually did like rewrites and stuff like that, mm-hmm. um, too. Uh, but you know, I le- definitely watched a lot of movies with him when I was a kid, and I went through a phase in my life where I watched like a movie every day. Yeah. Well, um, I mean, I think I was doing that too, and and like right after high school, actually. Yeah. I was like watching probably like three or four movies a week. Yeah. Definitely. Now I'm down to like one. Uh, yeah. w- working at a movie theater didn't help for me either. Because even if I didn't watch the whole thing, I would at least know what, what's going on in the movies because I just duck in and watch a little bit or whatever. Yeah. 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 yeah, I used to go to the library and just rent DVDs and then just watch yeah. them. Yeah. Legend, you... Like Netflix, but for free. Yeah. <laughs> free Netflix, <laughs> yeah. Um, I, so just going back to like our favorite Jim Carrey. Yeah, what's I, yours? I yeah. think... It's kind of a toss-up between Eternal Sunshine, which I think is a lot of people's favorite yeah. favorite Jim Carrey movie, um, and also um, The Truman Show. I yeah. love The Truman Show. I mean, I, I kind of always like those movies that are like... It kind of has similarities to... Um, what was the movie we did really early on? I can't remember the name of it. Um, uh, I'm 
I can't take it anymore. Uh, oh, Network. Network. Have you oh, yeah. I love Network. Network yeah. is like... Network's an amazing Network like, changed yeah. my life when yeah. I watched it. Yeah. But um, on, honestly, I think it has similarities to Network of Truman Show. And just kind of the like wake up, like you don't really know what's going on and kind of the manipulation of people and society. Media, and I, yeah. Yeah, media. And I, I love movies that are talking about that and kind of looking at what the problems are and, and stuff like that. And yeah. I think the Truman Show... Is entertaining and it has funny moments for sure, but it's actually like pretty dark. Yeah, it's a pretty. I mean, like I watched it with my girlfriend and she was like, "Oh, this looks like a fun movie," and she was like, "Wow, whoa, that was they got they got kind of serious there." Yeah, and and I think that the Truman Show was also one of the transition kind of movies for Jim Carrey yeah. because he he had done all the the really famous comedies like you know The Mask and Liar Liar mm-hmm. and that kind of thing. Um, but then he started doing like the Truman Show was still in the guise of kind of being comedic, but yeah. it had this more serious message. Um, and it also comes along, at a, I think, at an interesting time, because I think that's at the moment when like reality TV really starts to take yeah. off. Right. Yeah. yeah. And so it's not only a commentary just on like televising your own life, but like what the right. and what the consequences well, of that are. Yeah. And just the I don't know, the idea of like watching and being watched, which is such a big part of our culture now. I mean, yeah. everybody is watching somebody else on on TV or and just, you know, average Truman. What's his first name? I can't remember. Um, Something Truman. <laughs> I don't know. Um, George. I'm just guessing. Wasn't his first? No, his first name wasn't Truman, was it? I think oh, just... his first name was Truman. Yeah, it, it was. Truman. Yeah, Truman. It was Truman something else. Something. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so anyway, that. like we're all watching Trumans, um, and so yeah, in some ways, I guess it was really sort of like yeah. forecasting. What... <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It, yeah. it was kind of because it was it was ninety eight. I just looked it up. Yeah. So well, okay. because internet was privatized in nineteen ninety four, and so internet connectivity explodes like in those first years, yeah. those early years. And in fact, we've talked about this a little bit too, but there's this documentary called We Live in Public. Which we, yeah, we did a whole episode on. Uh, But it's one of these early like dot-com, you know, millionaires basically. And what he does is he he kind of forecasts forward to see, he's like, where is this going to end up? And he runs this like, quote unquote, study where he- He buys, he he buys like a, a building in New York. He bought out a building in New York. Uh, with his with his fortune, and then he just said um, he invited people to come to the to the compound. He invited like artists, and artists, stuff. and anybody that wanted to come in. But they said everything inside this building will be provided to you for free. Right, you're going to get all the food, all the drinks, all the you know anything that's in this it was building very, is yours. Very debaucherous too. Yeah, it was like alcohol oh, and and just food and like they had a I sh- want to watch this shooting range. Shooting range. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like, they, uh, he said the only caveat is that we are going to own all of the video footage that we take of you while you live in this place. And it's oh. always recording. And it's always recording everywhere at like all times. cameras everywhere. And it's a really interesting documentary. Yeah. Into I, mean, like, I mean, basically, I, like, I remember watching this and I was like, okay. He's like, okay, we're going to start recording. And then the next scene is just, like, people panicking. It, just people going absolutely insane. Yeah. One of the interesting things I remember about that, or the, the documentary, too, which corresponds to the Truman Show yes. discussion is like uh, people would live in like these bunks or whatever and then every bunk had a television that you could tune in anywhere else in the compound and watch other people oh, wow. and what's going on including like showers bathroom yeah. right yeah. all these other places well, that you once thought were private are now public yeah, yeah. wow <laughs> when did the real world when was the first season of the real world that's what I, I was trying like to think like of was, too yeah it was I keep right around it. there it was like right yeah 
because mid nineties for sure. It might have even been earlier. I, I think it was like ninety four. I think it was like ninety four. I think it was right before I was born. Actually, yeah. it's like ninety three. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, it was interesting in the Jim and Andy documentary too. He kind of talks a little bit about the different roles and how different they've been mm-hmm. for him. And but he sort of says Jim Carrey says like the roles kind of met me where I where I was at. Like there at wasn't the a role that felt unnatural. Like when he played Joel in Eternal, Eternal Sunshine, Sunshine. Mm-hmm. he was like, yeah, I was like going through something then. And that movie is that, amazing. Yeah, we should definitely talk that movie. That's definitely one of my favorite movies. Like Jim Carrey aside, bracketing Jim Carrey for a second. Yeah. Like that movie is a great movie. And I mean, the, the, it, it just in so many ways is like, in, it's also a commentary on where we're at today and sort of like how we curate things in our memory mm-hmm. and memories just in general and how important it is to like not forget. You know, that's what that movie ends up being about, I feel like. Not to slip down, not to make this an eternal sunshine podcast, but, and he does such a good job with it. I I don't know. I think that's the most compelling kind of ethical question at the heart of that movie, which is what makes it very interesting. Is like, all right, you just gone through like a bad breakup. Yeah. You know, would you, if you could erase that person from your memory? Yeah. Right? It's almost like a Black Mirror And obviously she starts it, but like he... You know, he's like a shy guy, like in the beginning, you know, when they're Mm -hmm. on the chair. And I just watched this a couple months ago, so it's kind of fresh. But, um, you know, it's like so easy to just be like, yeah, I'm just going to erase with that memory. You know, like I I can relate to that. Sure. Oh, me too. (laughs) That impulse. Yeah. Yeah. I watched that movie with my dad. Like a month after I got broken up with in high school, that <laughs> was a uh, that was a time I remember. I was like, "Oh, I'm like, this is bad." This, this... and my dad was like, "It was a good moment for me." And my dad, though, it was like a good bonding moment, actually. That sounds like it would be ripe for like a nice uh, conversation. But it also, this is like, I'm gonna turn this a little bit silly, and maybe I shouldn't. But uh, I also just saw this interview with Lady Gaga, and she was talking about. Um, the first song she wrote when she was like 13 years old. Okay. And the title of the song was, How Will I Ever Learn to Love Again? <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> or something like that. Oh. But but I think that there, therein lies the, the, you know, the kind of beauty and tragedy at the heart of this thing, right? It's like young love particularly because you yeah. get broken up and you just feel like, oh, it's the end of the world. You know, it's never going to be the same. You know, there's something really like profound about uh, yeah. finding love yeah. for the first time. And then if you lose it, it's like, I want that person gone from my memory. Like that's a really yeah. vicious um, impulse. And Jim Carrey was so, he's so good for that movie too. Cause they do, I mean, there is like, and what I love about it, it's not just this like sad, wistful, like, drama you know like there is this sort of silliness and there's like reverie of it where they're going back in their mind and trying to create these like new memories there's that whole part where they're like trying to create a different place on the map you know Mm -hmm. and there's like that weird scene where he's a kid (laughs) underneath the table and kate winslet is yeah it is kate winslet yeah right yeah Yeah. she's great too great um (laughs) Yeah, and like she's the mom or something. Yeah. It's it's just like so, you know. He brings so much. He brings so much like emotion and well, range. He, I feel like he brings so much to every. Like, he brings like his one hundred percent to like everything. Like 
even if his comedy doesn't necessarily resonate with you, when you see him like acting, you're like, this guy is putting so much energy into this. He's just like, if he was doing this, any if if he was anyone other than Jim Carrey, people would just be weirded out by him, right? Right. Like he's a weird guy, but like for some reason he pulls it off. I mean, I feel like him and the other person I can think of that does it like that is like Jack Black, actually. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like they're kind of just he's like really yeah. hyperactive. Like they would be yeah. super annoying in public, but for some reason. The, the way that they do it is just endearing enough that it's impressive and it's entertaining. Yeah. I think so, but I'm going to say I'm just going to challenge us a little bit because I think that there are also a lot of people that went to like the Truman Show or they went to Eternal Sunshine Sunshine uh, expecting like Ace Ventura. Yeah. You know oh, what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then they're like, what was this garbage? You know and what I, I mean? We should talk about the people who hate Jim Carrey because a lot of people hate yeah. Jim Carrey, like, yeah, I, a... <laughs> I was telling my friend, I was doing this, and she was like, I do not like Jim Carrey. Like, and that's what's interesting to me. Like, I kind of get it. You know, his the movies are really kind of anxious and frantic. There's and a lot like, going on. I'm not going like to sit. Screaming. <laughs> I can't, I, I wouldn't be, I, I like Jim Carrey, but I would not be able to sit and binge watch Jim Carrey movies. Like, one is kind of enough for a little while. Yeah. Um, But... Yeah, I feel like there are people who kind of just like don't don't like him. I don't want to be mean. But but be, <laughs> you can be mean. I'm yeah. <laughs> Daniel and I hang out enough. He knows. Oh, you're going to be mean to me. No, I'm okay. not going to be mean to you. No, you can be mean to me. I'm not going to be mean to you though. <laughs> I think that people that don't Jim Carrey is an inc- like brings a lot of emotion to everything he does too. I think that people that think that it's just frantic and anxious are missing something on an emotional level. Like they're not like missing something personally. They're missing something in the movie. They're they're not paying attention enough to notice like the like deeper emotional anguish or or childhoodness. <laughs> That's not a word, but you know what I mean? Like child child he's very childlike. And I think like he brings both of those things and I think that it like it forces you to be empathetic a lot of the time and I think that if you're not getting his movies and you're not liking the movie like his movies you're not looking at the characters deep enough. You're just kind of like, oh, he's just being silly, and then you just write it off immediately without watching the whole thing and without trying to understand it anymore. And, like, that's totally fine, but I think that if you don't attempt to understand a movie, you're just not going to, like, it's not going to get a chance. But Ben looks like he has something to say about Well, this. there's a lot to unpack there. And I, <laughs> I know, I know. Yeah. I, I mean, I'm being a little bit, like, but opaque, I, I guess. But too. I think we should also back up a little bit and just say, like, when someone, like, when your friend said, I don't like Jim Carrey... That's fine. She's really talking about the characters he yeah, played, or yeah. his movies, right? Yeah, right? So okay, fine. No, and, and actually, she was like, "I bet Jim Carrey is like the greatest guy, but I do not like his movies." Oh yeah, <laughs> sure. sure. There's nothing, nothing against Jim Carrey the human. I guess we're always talking about Jim Carrey the actor, all of his and all of his characters. Right, and so if they're not getting it through, if if they're not connecting with the characters in some way, you just want them to appreciate some more of the depth that may be there. That, yeah, that I think he brings out in the characters. So, well, even to circle it back, you know, to the first uh, the first discussion that uh, that Daniel had, which was like Ace Ventura, right? Mm. That is probably the epitome of his zany, yeah, neurotic, goofball. Literally, <laughs> literally comedy where he's talking out of his butt, yeah, right? Yeah. But, but like that, <laughs> see what I did there? Right. <laughs> he's very, it's it's so childish, like so. It, it is. But he's a guy that really cares deeply for animals yeah. and animal yeah. well-being, right? Yeah. And so you took out of at least, I mean, 
amid all the zaniness, you right. took out this like I would love to be able to come home and like and I, call and I, some animals. Now that I'm thinking about it, like I hope that n- no animals were like hurt in that making of that movie. I, or I don't, think, <laughs> I don't think so. Except the except the mechanical rhino. Yeah, <laughs> just say the rhino. <laughs> just crawl. Out but of yeah, this you know, like. <laughs> I, I I really like impersonations too. So that is another area where I love Jim Carrey because it's like he's so good at impersonating people. So I think that's you know he just like embodies these people. I'm definitely he just like always puts a smile on my face whenever I see him. Even yep. if he if, even in Eternal Sunshine and the Truman Show, like there's something about him that's just so refreshing and pleasing to me. And to... I'll also oh, are you gonna say? Yeah. I'm just trying to think about. It. We don't have to say it so we don't spoil the movie, but I'm trying to think about how Eternal Sunshine ends, and I can't remember. Oh. But, even though I just watched it. Sorry. I would recommend yeah. watching it if you haven't, but I gotta, yeah. I got to rewatch it. It doesn't Again. have a happy ending, I'll tell you that. <laughs> anyway. As we're all trying, like, oh, what was it that actually happened? I can't remember. I'm going to I'm gonna revert back a little bit to something Daniel said also about um, impersonations yeah. and Jim Carrey, because uh, another body of the work that he did was, of course, in television, right? Yeah, yeah. And I think that some of the characters that he developed on television, whether that's early days on um, In Living Color, In Living right? Color, yeah. So that uh, was like his first. Do you remember thing. In Living Color? No, did you no. ever watch In Living Color? No, that was basically I, I, gone. I, I've by seen the time. clips, but I, I've never watched it. Or right, anything. but you're familiar with because if you look at the people that came from that show, right, like the yeah. Wayne's Brothers, yeah. et cetera, et cetera. Um, you know, there's a lot of there. So like Fire Marshal Bill. So. Do you know? Do you know? Yeah. Fire Marshal incredibly Bill? disturbing. Incredibly disturbing, but like really memorable. Well, yeah, because it's so disturbing. Yeah. Do you know Fire Marshal Bill? No. So this is one of Jim Carrey's. Where he, he's like his face is like burnt. He like oh, has like this like prosthetic where he's just and it's like gross. It, well, explain the character aside I'll from let you just explain. the. I, I don't so know. So Fire Marshal well, Bill but... is he's a he's he's basically making fun of those like safety videos or yeah. safety like public service announcements for kids, but he's a fireman. Who literally is like his tagline is "Let me show you something," right? But he does it in this really animated way. Let me show you something. Yeah, <laughs> it's like say you're just say you're just doing a, an innocent uh, science experiment, and then all of a sudden you find yourself mixing like yeah. like like racing grade gasoline uh, over your Bunsen burner, and then like it creates this huge explosion, and, and then, then it's like his face is like his face is all charred and stuff, and he's like now. What did we learn here? You know, so he's always trying to dr- do those yeah. lessons for kids. Yeah, it's funny, but like, I like, I was always like, oh, uh, I'm uncomfortable. There was also one where he put his hand in a meat grinder. Yep, yeah. Well. <laughs> he pulls his hand I out. Think and it's I've all seen just, like, that. Yeah. yeah. So, I, I, anyways, I was going to say, so not only the Leaving Cuddler stuff, but I would also argue that the episodes, uh, the the yeah the the um, the Saturday Night Live episodes that were hosted by Jim Carrey yeah. might be some of the best Saturday Night Live episodes ever. Did he do Two Wild and Crazy Guys? Or no? I feel like I saw a clip in Jim and Andy of him doing that, but I didn't think that was him. Well, it's not, it's not originally. Not, yeah, he uh, originally been, it's he not He might have been on it. Yeah. But to, originally it was Steve Martin and... Um, Steve Martin's the one I know. Dana Carvey. And, no, and, no. Uh, Dan, and Dan Aykroyd. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Steve, yeah. We're um, not too, uh, they didn't too wild like and crazy guys. Oh. <laughs> but yeah, they may have, um, they may have like, uh, you know, kind of rebooted those characters, you know. Yeah. So he could have. Jim, Jim well, Carrey. I like it. Yeah, oh. Go ahead. Well, yeah. I like, I guess there's something I like about his impressions too, because like Kevin Spacey, for example, problematic for many other reasons. Yes. Uh, <laughs> does, uh, does really good impressions, but his are so like, kind of stuffy and like very like 
inside the actor's studio, kind of like, I'm going to do an impression now, and this is what it's going to be. Whereas Jim Carrey's are so, like, there's something really, like, equitable about his impression. And I don't know if that's the right word, but there's something just, like, very... He draws on the essence of the person, but it's still Jim Carrey, and so it's still, like, this goofball, like, what is happening? Like, very rubbery. We talked about that (laughs) on a a previous episode, too, where we talked about... um, like caricatures, like there's something about if you actually provide like a, it's not like you're playing the character, but you you take what the essence of the character is and then just like blow up the those kind of extremities, you know, the extreme moments, and that's kind of what makes for good comedy as well. Yeah, I yeah. I, I wanted to bring up too, just because like going from comedy to drama, and you had talked about this, like he went from um he he went from a. Uh, uh, Bruce Almighty. Bruce Almighty. Bruce Almighty, not Bruce. Yeah. I want. I yeah. wanted to say, uh, yeah. So he went from Bruce Almighty to Eternal, Eternal Sunshine, and then to Count Olaf. Like, so Count Olaf from uh, Series of Unfortunate Events, which you told me came out in 2004, and I was like, no way. Yeah, it was 2000. I was like, I could not believe mm-hmm. that. Yeah. But um, yeah, I, I think just like the range there that he can do, and like, I think what's so impressive about that is. Like you see, you 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 see like Bruce Almighty, and even that movie has like a lot of heart. I think. Yeah, it totally does. I was a kid. I mean, I saw that probably in theaters. Yeah. I like that. I love that movie. Yeah, I think I, as a kid too, you're just like, yes, this yeah. is like that's like that would be awesome. Yeah. Like being God. <laughs> I mean, he's a journalist. He's like a TV person, right? That's right. Bro- broadcast, yeah. broadcast. Oh my gosh. He's a weather guy, right? Yeah. I Maybe forgot he's the about weather that. man. Yeah. Right. That's such a perfect. Yeah. Yep. And it's so like beautiful. Beautiful day. And so like yeah, he goes from that to Eternal Eternal Sunshine, which is like a pretty like not a happy movie for the most yeah. for the most part. Um and I, I think like you you kind of look at those two and there's still some similarities, which is like what I've been trying to get at, I think, when I'm talking about Jim Carrey, is like even though they're so different in terms of subject matter, like he brings something to them that makes them both relatable to the audience. So how about this? We've talked about like his dramatic roles and his comedic roles. Like if you can, you know, put those on a spectrum. Mm. What do you think is like his most comedy role? And like what do you think is his most dramatic role? Well, I would say I would say probably Eternal Sunshine is his most dramatic. I I mean, actually There's... this new show that he's doing, mm-hmm. it just really dives into like depression. And I think that that is yeah, like, it's pretty serious. I should also say I haven't seen yeah. that, yeah. so I, I, I don't watch that. Yeah, um, yeah, it's called. Let me look it up while you guys talk about. Didn't you say it was like a? It is called. I can. Uh, what was the one? Kidding. Word? Kidding. That's right. Yeah. Okay. I mean, I, I think Eternal Sunshine probably is his most dramatic. Although I'm trying to think of something else that would top that. He had a movie in 2016 called Dark Crimes. Yeah, I feel like he's done some kind of like brooding characters in yeah, other he plays movies the, that I have He plays seen. like a hard-boiled detective. It's like literally supposed to be like the girl with the dragon tattoo. Like oh, he plays okay. a detective who's like looking for this murderer. And Wait, which one's this? It's called Dark Crimes. Oh yeah, I haven't seen that. It has yeah. like a two on Rotten Tomatoes. Oh, <laughs> it's supposed yeah, to be really bad. I, rough. I have not yeah. watched it either. I watched the trailer for it and I was like, Oh, that could be good. And then I looked at the reviews, and everyone was like, "This is god awful! <laughs> like, don't watch this movie. It's horrible." Hmm. But yeah, he's like going after this serial killer, and like, it's just like there's like a lot of scenes of him like in a, it's like almost sepia tone. There's lots of scenes of him like in a dark room with his head like against a wall, just like, "Why? <laughs> like, <laughs> what did she do?" <laughs> yeah, hmm. yeah. I guess I'm just thinking too, because it, it seems like that 
I, uh, notwithstanding his more recent roles that I have not seen. Dumb and seen. Dumber is his silliest role. Yeah. Dumb and Dumber and is I, is yeah. up there, right? We uh, haven't even talked about Dumb and Dumber. I know we haven't talked crazy. about Dumb and Dumber. Yeah. I don't like Dumb and Dumber that much. Oh, really? No. But that's just me. Why? <laughs> it's just dumb. <laughs> I get that that's the I mean, point. I, I can't tell you actually that much about the plot of Dumb and Dumber, but like Ace Ventura, there are these scenes that stick yeah. with me. Like when they get the, when he gets his tongue stuck on the... Uh, chairlift <laughs> and also the scene in the bathroom which I won't elaborate on any more than that <laughs> yeah. um, toilet humor toilet humor yeah, yeah. you know I, I love my good Oscar movie but I also love my I, I do my love good a good poop humor. joke but do you I, I like actually Bridesmaids uh, yeah yeah, yeah. Bridesmaids is fun they had that yeah they, oh they did oh yes. they had <laughs> that's some, what I was oh saying. they did yeah. Yeah. I I like my poop jokes in in life though, oh, like if someone has a good poop story, I'm I'm all about it. Interesting. I want to hear your good poop stories. Yeah. I mean, we don't have to talk. about I was the just podcast. gonna say like we could, you know, <laughs> let's, uh, let's let's you know turn this a little bit. But yeah, I do love a good poop story in real life. But in movies, for some reason, it doesn't resonate with me, which is hilarious. I just wonder. So I'm actually kind of curious because um th- about the documentary Jim and Andy, and it's on my list. I haven't watched it yet, yeah. but. I think an argument could be made that Man on the Moon may have also been his oh, most ser- dramatic or yeah. serious yeah. role because just yeah. because of the extent that he went and I, it just it felt like a moment in his career where he like he got really into that role. Yeah. Whether through just method or I, I mean it was th- through method but it just seems like he, a yeah, serious role. I think he certainly saw something in Andy Kaufman in him, I feel like or some connection to him. And some sort of like he paved the way for a Jim Carrey type person to be so silly and be so kind of just, you know, it, it, you know, like just get up there and do this kind of thing that is nonsensical. Yeah. And doesn't necessarily come with like any sort of expository explanation or anything like that. It's just sort of like. Go interpret it. That's what that is. <laughs> yeah, good yeah. luck. <laughs> yeah. That's what that was. Yeah. I, I watched a, I think it was like a TV piece or something, a really short, like 10, 15 minute piece on Jim Carrey and his, he does a lot of painting. He's a big painter oh, yeah. actually. Yeah. Um, and it just really shows you like a, a really sensitive side to Jim, I think. I mean, like, I think like it's always kind of, you can tell that he probably has a sensitive side. But like, I remember like watching this and like listening to the interview of with him and him just talking about like, painting and like what it does for him he's very he's like almost whispering through the entire thing which is not something you'd expect from Jim Carrey and it's just showing him painting and he's doing it so slowly and again like you never see him whenever he's moving he's moving at like 150 miles an hour right and he's Mm -hmm. like he's screaming and like his face is like contorting and in this he's just like he's very like docile and very quiet and he's moving very slowly and you're just kind of watching him make these like these really large paintings I think in New York or something and he's just talking about kind of this release it gives him, and I, I, it almost kind of makes you think that, like, that's kind of who he really is, and like these like characters are who he like wants to be is like kind of what I thought almost. Like he's so hyper and like. Well, he, I mean, in Jim and Andy, he describes this like hide that he has, yeah, yeah. that comes out, and and it's not necessarily Jim. I think lots of creative people have this sort of struggle, mm. but it's it's like. 
and and he talks about it being like a good hide. Like it's not like the, the hide and Jekyll and Hyde. It's like it's like a fun, loving hide, you know, yeah. like that comes out. But it's still sort of. I think he and maybe he's overanalyzing all of this, but but you know he I think is struggling to like bridge those two things. Which is in, it's it's also an interesting point too because um and back to what Joey was saying too I did see I can't remember what context it was it was a you know some it was an interview for sure done like at his home yeah and his he has his whole like backyard landscaped for like this kind of like Zen kind of Japanese garden as well and he talked about his spiritual practices that he's that he goes through back there like yoga and kind of these mindful techniques and things and i do think that he's like a, a he he's very like sort of a grounded person but then to your point daniel's like he takes all of that and then when it comes time to perform or turn the switch on to be you know public facing gym it's yeah. like a very different um yeah. different yeah. thing this is an interesting thing i think a lot of time yeah. we look at especially on this show i would say we talk about the characters of actors and then we're kind of like yeah like they're a bad person or like or you know they're a weirdo but we're not, we're not going to talk about like them as a person we're going to talk about their character and let's talk yeah, about yeah, yeah. but i think that sometimes it is important to look at them as a person and cuz i think that that helps you understand a little bit more of how they got to their character definitely i mean obviously it does cuz they're you know playing somebody yeah. <laughs> it's their job although it becomes problematic when it's an inverse relationship from jim carrey like Jim Carrey, maybe you don't like the characters, but you think he's a good guy. Yeah. <laughs> what happens when you're, you know, yeah. Kevin Spacey, for example, yeah. right? Like as a personal yeah. life, like horrible. And then, okay, you look at the work. It's like, actually, he's a good, good actor, right? Yeah, can you, some good can you separate those two things? Out? Yeah, it's hard. Yeah. And that's, that, yeah, that is like kind of a point we've gotten in society too, right? Where you're looking at like a lot of like, it's... I mean, Woody Allen's the same yeah, thing. Like Woody I, Allen. I mean, actually, like I used to be able to kind of separate it. Cause I loved Woody Allen, and now more and more I'm like, oh, God, that guy. Like, I just can't, I can't like get mm-hmm. excited about his movies yeah. in the same way that I used to. Cause I, I think that it's, and also his movies are a little like in retrospect. Yeah, yeah. there are certain yeah, things yeah. he just continues to <laughs> like play Manhattan out, right? Or whatever. I can't remember. Yeah, yeah. I did just yeah. watch Midnight in Paris. Song. I was it's, like, this uh, is so good. Yeah, I, I, I really, I, I don't like him anymore. No. Yeah. Well, and, and, you and, know. And I have the same thing feeling about Kevin Spacey. That's the thing, because then now that you know, you know, all the news, like all this, like sort of, um, uh, you know, the, the look into their personal lives, you, it's harder for me to like withhold that when I'm watching something that they've made. Yeah. You know, so you can't really, I don't like give myself completely to their films anymore or their yeah. performances. You're like. Well, it makes you apprehensive <laughs> about every actor now, too, yeah. right? Like, at yeah. a certain point. I don't know. I mean, I, I don't think it... I, I think just the ones I know. Yeah. I mean... Y- yeah. Yeah, but, like, I always, I guess I always wonder, like, well, like, I don't know anything about some of these actors, and, like, you know, if my opinion changes about the person later, like, but I, I, like, I liked this movie, like, how is that going to correlate with my enjoyment of the movie? Well, I like... I really like Annie Hall. I will always probably really like Annie Hall, but I just... It's like there's something about it that's been spoiled or blackened. Yeah, and sure. I like yeah, I just I ugh. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, yeah, I totally understand. Yeah. But, well, should we talk about the upcoming Jim Carrey movies before we end it? Let's do it. Let's take. Yeah. Why don't we take a break? Because we haven't taken a break for a res- or emergent culture yeah. segment in a while. So let's take a break. We'll watch a, a trailer for something, and then we'll come back and talk about it. All right.
Alrighty then. We're back. We're back. <laughs> I wasn't going to do it, and I hesitated. Like, okay. oh, let's just do it. Why not? It's appropriate. Um, so we watched a trailer for Kidding, which is the show that I watched. And I, I, okay, it only has one season, I guess, so I, I'm not sure. I must have just like skipped around the first season a little bit. And I, I, you mm. know, I didn't watch it like super intently or anything. So, But uh, yeah, it's a pretty kind of a dark show. <laughs> It's also interesting. How did you feel about the trailer to you? It looked really interesting to me, to be honest with you. It looked really yeah. like a, not only just a good performance from Jim Carrey, but it seems like a really interesting concept as well, which is like if you have someone who exudes joy yeah, he plays so much. Mr. Pickles is the character he plays on the television. Mr. Pickles, yeah. which is nice. And he, so it's this, uh, he's a television personality for probably for kids, right? Yeah. Like and a, it's, yeah. Um, you know, exudes joy and trying to bring joy to everybody's life. Yeah. But then like his personal life, He's has all these kind of tumultuous relationships and other stuff going on, Anger. and he's kind of going through that that struggle mm. between those two different lives. So it seems cool. Yeah, what do you think? yeah, I, I think it looks good. It, I I like the concept too. I yeah. mean, just like the duality of the character sure. being like this this person for you know to give kids joy or to bring joy mm-hmm. to. Your living room through a <laughs> through a screen. Yeah. Um, it's kind of like actually kind of like the, the Truman who, Show. Who the guy is behind the camera? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like a lot of stuff he's done, honestly. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. It's true. true. Yeah, and we should. It's actually it, it it dovetails nicely with our discussion of him earlier, which is like his personal life versus the the yeah the, the, the nice true. hide yeah. or whatever that he turns on when he goes in public. And we should also mention that this is also produced or directed by Michel Gondry yeah. as well. I'm not sure which who's, one. Who is also right behind Eternal Sunshine, yeah. right? Yeah. yeah. I, I think they won an Oscar for best screenplay, actually. Yeah. He yeah. and Charlie Kaufman. Yeah, I think you're I think you're right. In two thousand and four. 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 Five. Nice. Yeah. So anyways. Four or five, yeah. <laughs> it looks yeah. cool. So that show is on Showtime. Showtime, right? not um, uh, HBO. Yeah. yeah. So can you does Showtime stuff on one of the streaming devices yeah probably i think I it's on hulu and i don't hulu. have hulu but that that's what i've heard i think okay. i think you're right sources tell me that's actually what i'm wondering because i got a i got a hulu subscription for Ooh. the for a year oh uh, but i got it like in december they had a special so it's only like 99 cents a, a month for a full year <laughs> oh my god man so i'm dude yeah up. I'm, I'm well i don't know if it's there anymore <laughs> but so anyways i'm like always constantly looking for stuff on hulu that's going to be yeah. uh, watchable um, but we should also say that that show is technically out already. That show's so it's out. not officially okay. emergent culture. The season two is coming. Season two is coming. But the other thing that is coming, uh, 2019, <laughs> is going to be Sonic the Hedgehog, a live action movie. And he is playing Dr. Ro- Robotnik. Dr. Robotnik. Dr. The evil, Eggman. Yes, the evil Dr. Robotnik. Did you play? You played Sonic? Yeah, that movie's going to be bad. I don't know how they're going to Yeah. <laughs> You know, I have not seen a movie in theaters in like at least a year. Wow, maybe more than that. Yeah, I've definitely cut back on my movie going, but we still try and get out every now yeah, and then. Yeah, I need to go. It's a nice little outing. Yeah, yeah. I, I that the the poster alone for the Sonic movie like was really weird looking. But like Sonic's are we, legs are, are we like expecting? Strange. I mean, yeah. I what mean, are you expecting? That's, I don't know. I like mean, it's weird that they got Jim Carrey. Like I think knows? he's going to be great as Doctor Robot. Yeah, I mean that's a Jim Carrey role. Sure, because he can he can have some sort of diabolical laugh and you know. <laughs> <Robert's> <laughs> <a makeup. laughs> yeah, we'll I see. I am Count Olaf. <laughs> yeah. He did do a good job as Count Olaf. But um, yeah, all right. Well, I think I think that's probably going to wrap it. Yeah, yeah. Daniel, yeah. thanks for being on with us today. Thanks for having me. This yeah. is fun. We appreciate it. It's a good conversation. We touched a lot of bases. Yeah, yeah I think so. Uh, and you know, if you want to, if you want to follow us on Twitter and Instagram, and uh, Facebook's probably the most active. You can follow us at just search for Residual Culture. 
residual culture podcast you can also email us at residual culture podcast at gmail.com yep uh, our music today is finder by uh friend of the podcast people with bodies and Ooh. as always if you want to support the podcast you can you can sign up on patreon and get access to all sorts of bonus content bonus which we content. did record before this episode with daniel as well <laughs> yeah so, it's uh, great. I can tell you that. The yes. bonus content is uh, <laughs> really it's worth it. Really it's, selling it here. No, it is It is worth it. Like, it is. It is uh, it's peak. <laughs> peak Daniel. Well, all right. Well, I have been Joey Lovato. I'm Ben Birkenbein. I'm Daniel Rothberg. Get into it. Uh,